Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Bert. I'm the lead pastor at True North Community Church. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm going to have a little something to say to you at the end, but for now, let's dive in. Yeah, here we go. This is week three in a message series called How to Be Rich. And yeah, we're not talking about how to get rich. You guys, there's all, there's all, all the help you want uh, if you want to look on the internet about how to get rich. What occurred to us is that you could spend your whole life trying to get rich and become rich and not know it. So we're asking questions like, how would you know? Like, if you ever became rich, how would you actually know that you were rich? Because if you, if you chase being rich your whole life and you get rich, you might actually get there. You might someday become rich and not be any good at being rich because you, all you ever focused on was how to get rich and you didn't know what to do when you got there. Did you follow any of that? Good, glad. I hope you did. Okay, so we, we've had a bit of a, a shift. We've had a paradigm shift over the last couple of Sundays, uh, if you've been with us. We've been, we're starting to think of the world differently, and I, I dare say, I, I, I am bold enough to hope, that some of you are seeing the world differently as a result of hearing this teaching, that some of you are seeing your life differently and perceiving your life differently and perceiving your state differently. Uh, and what we learned, if you're new or if you weren't with us the last couple of weeks, I do want to encourage you to go back and listen uh, to the first two Sundays if you haven't heard them, the first two Sundays in this series. What we've learned together is simply this. If you earn minimum wage, if you have a full-time job at minimum wage in our country, you are in the top 5% of the world's wealthy. At minimum wage in this country, 95% of the planet envies your lifestyle. And if you make it all the way up to the median income in America, the median income for a full-time employee in the United States, from the mailroom all the way up to the executive suite, the average number is in the high 40s. We're going to round it up and say 50K. If you make it to a place in your life where you earn $50,000 a year, you are in the top 1% of the world's wealthy. So you do the math. At minimum wage, you're in the five years. Between minimum wage and 50, you're somewhere. You're in the top 5%. You make it to 50. You make it north of 50K. There's like, like, uh, there's like a decimal point and lots of zeros before the number. You start getting north of 50K, it, 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 it rounds to the top quick. The pyramid gets real small. There's very few people on the planet earning that much. So, so the deal is, what we're learning is, and it's a big paradigm shift, we're learning that we're rich. We actually are. You, there's no objective measure by which you can see it any other way. You can't look at somebody who's in the first percentile of something and say, yeah, you're not at the top of it. If you're in the top 1% of the world's wealthy, if you're in the top 5% of anything, you're at the top of it. You are rich. Here's the problem. We don't feel rich. How come we don't feel rich? Well, there's a reason. The reason we don't feel rich is because we're no good at being rich. And there are things that people who are good at being rich do that we're not doing. And what's, dr what's driving this message series is this. There are actually verses in the Bible that specifically address the rich. There are verses in the Bible, there are passages in the scripture that specifically address Wealthy people. These verses are just for rich people. Like if you're poor, you can ignore them. The problem is, for many of us, because we don't feel rich, we don't realize we are rich, and we tend to think those verses are for someone else. 
Because rich, as a definition, is always a moving target, isn't it? We don't feel rich because it's always someone else who's rich. Somebody who makes more than us is rich. Somebody who makes twice what we make is rich. Somebody up the ladder from us, regardless of what you earn, somebody up the ladder from you is who we would consider rich or who you would consider rich. So we're no good at being rich, so we don't feel rich. And we listen to these verses from the scripture and we think they're for someone else, but they're not. These verses are for the 1%. These verses are for you and I. So what's happening, it's the third week in a row, we're going back to them. But this is the Apostle Paul instructing uh, his young disciple Timothy to, about how to talk to the rich people in his church. Timothy's got some rich people in his church, and this is what Paul tells him to tell them. And I know it's week three in these verses. Bear with me. We're going to pull something out of this we haven't yet seen. 1 Timothy Chapter 6, beginning at verse 17. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them, tell them, Timothy, tell the rich people, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they'll be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. Hit this. Read it, read it one more time. So that they may experience true life. I don't know if you caught it, but as Paul instructs Timothy regarding these rich people, he doesn't want something from them. He wants something for them. Paul doesn't want something from these rich people, and he doesn't instruct Timothy to, to get something from these rich people. He doesn't want something from them. He wants something for them. He wants for them to experience true life. And I get it, because your guard is up, especially if you're new or newer to church. You don't know me. You don't know who I am. You don't know my motives, and your guard might be up. Mine would be, because we live in a world where everybody's after everybody else's stuff. Right? My, everything I have is mine. I want everything I have, because all I have is mine, and I would also like some of what you have so I could make that mine. More is always the goal. So we always have our guard up because there's always somebody trying to get our stuff and talk our stuff, talk our way out and talk us into giving them something or scam us in some way. So we're always, we're always real cautious. And I get that, particularly in church world. Boy, oh boy, do I understand that. It's difficult for, for, for a pastor who means well to try to address this because there are some who maybe don't mean well. So if that's you and you're skeptical and you have your guard up today, this, I would just say this to you and I really hope you'll receive it. God doesn't want something from you. God wants something for you. And I, our church, this church and me, I don't want something from you. I want something for you. I want for you to know how great it feels to be rich. Because the greatest part about being rich is helping other people. The best, part, the best part about being rich is that you get to bless others. The best part about being rich is that you get to be a, a, a force for good in other people's lives. 
And if you don't get that, if you're not good at being rich, you'll just make it all about you, and you'll get there, and you'll actually become rich and never enjoy it. You'll become rich and never really live, never experience true life because you're all about you and you're all focused on you and you've made the whole thing about you. The other thing it says in that passage, I don't know if you caught it, to be rich in good deeds. Did you catch that? To do good, not just to be, this isn't just about our money. This is about how we live our lives. This is about, how, about what we do with our time. Most of you have two days off a week. Maybe not all of us, but many of us have two days off a week. That is unheard of in the developing world. Most people don't have that luxury. So you don't just have extra money. you got extra time that's just for you. You get to figure out what you want to do at that time. Fill it up with, with entertainment options. Fill it up, unless you're a parent of small children. Unless you're, if you're a parent of small children... You have no time for anything. I understand that. We're with you. I've been there. My kids are a little older, so I've kind of moved on from that phase. But if you're, you have to, I understand. There's a rule somewhere that says your child must be involved in 16 different activities every Saturday, which you must attend all of them. And so you have no time. I get it. If that's you, you just get a pass on your time. But if, you're, if your kids are a little older or you don't have kids or wherever you are, if you have some extra time, a lot of times that extra time is just spent all on you. And you could, you might use some of your extra time to be rich in good deeds and good works. You could volunteer someplace that needs it. And yeah, I happen to know a church that could really use some more volunteers. But if you don't buy that, or this isn't your, your cup of tea, then go volunteer someplace else. Find a shelter or a soup kitchen or a project or a thing that needs a little help. Because the time you spend serving others, man, I'm telling you, the, 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 the volunteers we have out here are like the best. There's people, we, we have a parking lot crew that got out there and set that parking lot up in nine degree cold this morning. Like, yeah, can we... But I think, I mean, and I, I, don't, I probably don't do as good a job of it as I should, but I, I try from time to time to thank these folks and just say, hey, just thank you for showing up. Thanks for serving. Thanks. And I, I always hear the same thing. You don't have to thank me. I love it here. You don't have to thank me. It's the best part of my week. I love being a part of this place. But why else would they come back week after week and serve? Because when you give of yourself, when you live outward bound, when you make it your, your, your life's ambition to honor God and love others and serve all and live your life like this, blessing the world around you, it, you find true life. You really do. When you spend it all on you, your money and your time, it just makes you miserable. Has anybody here, let me ask you guys a question. Show, show my hands. Has anybody here ever taken a vacation that was... Meh. Anybody, show me your hands. Anybody here? Yeah, take a lot of you. Taking a vacation that was meh. Right? You, you, you spent all that money, and you, you booked the plane tickets, or you drove where you were going, and you got to the place, and you, you know, four days in, four days into the trip, you're, in, you're on the beach, and you got your, you know, you're sitting there, you, you're already tan, and you, you're like, I've already had my umbrella drink. I can't take any more selfies. The whole world knows how fabulous my life is. There's no more work to be done on that front. Whatever will I do with myself? 
You, you, you get halfway through a vacation, and you're just like, I'm, there's nothing else to do. There's nothing. Sometimes you go, you go on a vacation, and you come home, and it was like, eh. and if you have small kids, if you're one of those parents, you come home from a vacation so stressed, you need a vacation from your vacation. Right? Sometimes you go out for a big meal, like you have a nice fancy meal, and it's eh. You go, you save up your money, or you, you go, you decide you want to go see a movie, or go do something for yourself, and it's eh. Sometimes the stuff we spend our money on, it just doesn't satisfy us. It doesn't get it done. It's not life-giving. It doesn't excite us anymore. You know what's always exciting? What's always life-giving? What always brings passion is living your life in such a way that you bless others. We miss that. We miss it because, because we're, we, we perceive that it's all for us. That, that, that all, of we have, all of what we have is for us. And so, and so it's, oh no, I give, I share, I, 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 I do good. Look, the Apostle Paul is not talking about average. Like, the Apostle Paul is talking to the wealthy and going, no, no, no. You guys need to operate like wealthy people. Do you remember last week... I asked you a question, I asked you, asked you guys a question last Sunday. I said, if you could get up and talk to a room full of billionaires, what would you say? If you could get up like this and stand on a stage like this and, and the whole room was full of billionaires, what would you say to them? First, you'd say, give me some money. But after that, you'd say, I really hope you guys are leveraging some of what you have to, to bless other people. Because you have more money than you could ever spend. Not only are your needs met, I mean, you're inventing new needs to meet just so you can meet them. Like, you have so much extra. You have so much more than you need. Think of the suffering you could alleviate. Think of the hunger you could satisfy. Think of the pain you could ease. Think of the joy you could bring with your extra. That's what you'd say. You would say that to those billionaires. I know you would, but it might skip your attention. It might not land on you that 99% of the world would say the same thing to you. That 90, if I could pull somebody out of the slums of Calcutta or from Haiti or from any other developing country where there was capacity to speak English, they would look at your lifestyle and say, think of what you could do with your extra. And you're sitting there in that chair going, what extra is he talking about? What on earth with the extra? Who has extra? I don't know, but I'm not. Okay, so here's the deal. Here's why you don't feel rich. It's probably because you're no good at being rich. And here's the difference. There's something people do. People who are no good at being rich do something that those who are good at being rich do not do. If you're no good at being rich and you're wondering what extra, chances are your lifestyle is chasing your income. Your lifestyle is chasing your income. People who are good at being rich don't allow that. Here's what I mean. 
let's just say for a minute that this is your income. You earn this much money, right? And your lifestyle is right here. So you're... One, one, pause. Just pause on this point. I need to understand. Like, we all understand, yes, that we have to live within our means. I don't have time to preach this one right now. You have to live within your means. If you earn this much, you can only spend this much. You can't spend this much or you're just going to go into debt. Every year you're going to get deeper and deeper in debt. You're moving the wrong way financially. That's a whole other sermon. I need you to get this now. Live within your means. That, that has to be understood. Okay, back to our servant's sermon already in progress. Here we go. If this lifestyle chases income, if this is your income, your lifestyle is probably right here. If you're no good at being rich, your lifestyle is probably right here. And you're thinking, man, I, this is the car I drive, this is the house I live in, this is the vacation I get to take, if any, and this is the wristwatch I get to wear. But I would really like to drive this, but my income is here. So maybe, being that you have to live within your means, you know, like from time to time you break out a legal pad, and you get out a calculator and a pen, and you just think, oh man, if I, if I, I want that car, I really want it, I, I know what the car payment is, it's crazy. But if I, if I downgrade my Starbucks-like habit, I probably could afford the payment, maybe. If I t downgrade the cable package, I bet I could afford that car payment. Your lifestyle is bumping up to the ceiling of your income. Is everyone following me? Awesome. But then, a miracle happens. You get more money. You got a raise. You got a, a, a refund, a rebate, a small inheritance. You found some money in an old coat. However it works, you got some money. Now there's margin. Now there's a space between your, your income and your lifestyle. So what do you do in that moment? <laughs> Excellent. Nicer car, nicer house, nicer vacation, nicer wristwatch. Whoops, like this. And then what happens? You get some more money. And your lifestyle chases your income right up the ladder. Nicer car, nicer house, better vacation, more vacations, nicer wristwatch. Because there's always something better to have. There's always another trip to take. There's always another upgrade. We're bombarded by a billion-dollar-a-year industry that wants to create dissatisfaction in us so that we spend our extra on whatever pleases us in the moment. So lifestyle chases income. It's why rich is a moving target. It's why being rich is a moving target. Why does a person who makes 50K a year not feel rich? Because a person who makes 50K a year looks at a person who's 100K a year and goes, that person is rich. But when you talk to the person who makes 100K a year, they don't feel rich. They're looking at the person who makes 200K a year. So how could the person who makes 50K a year understand that a person who makes 200K a year is feeling financial pressure? It's very simple because their lifestyle chased their income right up the ladder. And now they're like, they just have more bills to pay. They bought more stuff, they're making more payments, and they're at 200K are feeling the same financial, as crazy as it sounds to you, they're feeling the same financial pressure that you are at 50K because their lifestyle chased their income right up the ladder. Did you follow that? Yeah. So what is it that people who are good at being rich do that those who are terrible at being rich don't do? Those who are good at being rich, when as soon as they find some margin, as soon as there's space between the income and the lifestyle, they say, how could I bless somebody with my extra?
How could I be a blessing to somebody? Think of the pain I could alleviate. Think of the good I could do. Think of how cool it would be if I could do this, if I could help somebody. I could live outward bound. The same with your time. What could I do with my extra? How could I bless somebody? That's what people who are good at being rich, you, and it's, it's what creates the feeling of being rich. You, you, you feel like you're broke, you don't know where the extra is, find the margin, find a way to bless somebody, and you may have to prioritize that. You may have to jump on that and prioritize it. But that's the difference. That's how it works. Short of that, you, it, it'll all be about you. It'll be, it'll be inward bound constantly. More and more and more about you. And the best part about being rich is being able to bless other people. So it's possible you could get there and never know it. And you could get there and spend the rest of your life focused on you. And miss out on it. Miss out on real life. So how do you do this? What do we do? Well, we're called to tithe. That means to prioritize, right? Tithing means 10%. It means 10% of what comes in goes back out as an offering to God. That's what we're called to. Most people are not doing that. So it would begin like this. Here's a good starting point for you today. Decide today, if you want to be good at being rich, decide today to give away a percentage of your income. Don't give away an amount, give away a percentage. The rich don't give away amounts, the rich give away percentages. So pick a percentage. What percentage of your income do you intend to give away? I have great news for you. You're already giving away a percentage of your income. Zero is a percent. Some of you are giving away zero percent of your income. You're giving away a percent of your income. Is that what you want to do? That's cool. If that's you, you do you, boo-boo. Do your thing. That's okay. I don't think you're going to like where that road takes you. But if that's what you want, I don't think that's what you want to do. The average non-church-going American gives away between 2 and 3% a year of their income. Between 2 and 3%. Two things like the, uh, the Red Cross... Autism awareness, cancer research, what, what have you. Whatever touches their life, people give to. And they give in fits and starts. They give in, uh, I, I call it spasms of generosity. They see a need, they'll cut a check. They see a need, they'll do. That's not how people who are good at being rich do it. People who are good at being rich decide what percentage of their income they want to give away. And then they do the math and prioritize it. I had a little... Uh, a little experience uh, right around this time last year. I had, a, I had a milestone birthday this year, and it's got me thinking a little bit about uh, the concept of retirement. Now, I don't know that I ever want to just retire and be done. I'm not the type to just go play golf all day. I think I'm always going like, to want to preach, but there's probably going to be a day when I want to preach less, and I may want to be able financially to work a little bit less. And so I was just pondering my... Actually, I was, I was with some friends that we were talking about. This is really morbid. Can I go, can I go here with you for a minute? We are talking about, you know, like life expectancy and, and how we hope someday to die. And everybody had these thoughts about just, oh, I just hope I go in my sleep. I hope as long as I'm home. I'm like, nah, man, I want to die right here. Like, I want to preach. I want to preach the most 
amazing, I want to be in my 90s, preach the most amazing sermon of my life, say amen, drop the mic, and then drop dead right on stage. Like just poof. It would be awesome. I shouldn't have said that. That just sorry, that was just a whole distracted you. But anyway, retirement. I was talking about retirement. I was thinking to myself, uh, I've got some work to do, you know, to make that a reality. If I'm going to make that a reality, I've got some work to do. So I, I hatched a plan. I hatched a brilliant financial plan last year, right around this time last year. Would you like to hear it? Oh, it's good. It was so good, this financial plan. You ready? I decided last year, at the end of the month, whatever's laying around extra, I'm going to save it for retirement. Good plan, right? I was so excited. I was like, yeah, this is it. I'm going to be disciplined. End of the month, whatever's here. Soon, as soon as the end of the month comes, man, it's just, and do you know what happened? Sure you know what happened. Nothing was left over at the end of the month. I spent it all. I found a way to spend every cent. There was nothing left over at the end of the month. Do you know what I realized? If this is important to me, I'm going to have to prioritize it. I'm going to have to do it at the beginning of the month and say, Whatever the amount is, whatever the percentage is, I'm going to take this money and put it into an account and forget that it exists and figure out how to live on the rest. And I started doing that, and do you know what happened? I ended up homeless and destitute. It was terrible. No, nothing happened. Nothing happened. I was fine. Do you know why? I actually had extra. I didn't realize it, but I totally did. It didn't feel like I had any extra, but I so did. And I, I wasn't perceiving it because my lifestyle was chasing my income, and I wasn't doing the right thing with my margin for my retirement. I've always, well, it's not stuff you're supposed to talk about out loud, but I, I tithe. I've always tithed. And I prioritize that because I know that if I wait till the end of the month, I'm just going to give God what's left over, and I don't want to give God leftovers. You don't give God leftovers. Leftovers are for you. You eat leftovers. You eat leftovers, don't you? Yeah. Got some, made some meatballs last weekend. Still wondering if you could eat them now. If you have company, you don't break out the seven-day-old meatballs. They go, hey, leftovers. The leftovers are for you. Don't give God leftovers. You're going to have to decide. You're going to have to give away a percentage of your income. Choose what percentage you want to give away. Then do the math, prioritize it, and, and decide now to live on the rest. And you will. And it might just be the first time in your living life that you feel rich. It might just be the first time in your life that you really feel wealthy because you took some of what was yours and made it about others. You started reversing the inward bound flow that money has in each of our lives and you started sending the stream in the reverse direction and started be a blessing, being a blessing to other people. Most people who are rich never experience that because they live their whole lives about them. So what we're doing is we want to make this easy for you. We know it's scary. We know tithing is scary. So we want to make it easy. So what we're doing is this. Beginning next Sunday, we're doing a 90-day tithing challenge. What that means is, beginning next week, for the next 90 days, for that window of time, 
anything that you donate to this church is 100% completely refundable. We're offering you a money-back guarantee on your offering because we want to make it easy for you to tithe. That's how certain we are that you're going to love it. So if you, it's scary. What if I give the money away and I need it? So if you end up needing it, appliance fails, car issue, dental thing, whatever you might need money for. Or even if you just changed your mind, no questions asked, you have my word. All we ask is that you give in such a way that it's trackable. We'll just give you the money back. We're that sure you're going to love how it feels to live generously and honor God with this part of your life. Don't hesitate. For one season of your life, trust him. For one season of your life, believe. For one season of your life, step out in faith. And, 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 and understand God, the church, I... Don't, we don't want something from you. We want something for you. We want for you to experience how great it feels to be rich and to live rich and be a blessing to the world around you. And I'm really hoping that's landing. We got one more week in here, and then we're going to move on. With that, I'm going to close in prayer. And will you please bow your heads with me? Father, we love you, and we thank you for the opportunity to gather and to listen. And Father, we thank you for some conviction which lands on all of us, myself included. We're just all really, really good at letting our lifestyle chase our income. There's always something else we want. There's always something else we, we, we desire and we love. We revel in the fact that you give us all we need for our enjoyment. We're grateful that we get to enjoy the things we have. But, Father, it's like we just always want more and more and more. And we forget to live outward bound. We forget that some of our extra was meant for someone else. So remind us and give us courage, Father, to step out in faith, to prioritize this and then to decide to live on the rest. And I pray, Father, that as people step out in faith, you will show yourself strong and faithful to deliver them through this and to show them, to bless their lives in such a way that they can't deny that you're doing something incredible in the math. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks once again for taking the time to listen. It's an honor to have you with us. If you'd like to support our church financially and help us continue to put this content out there for free, that would be a really big deal to us. We're completely supported by the contributions of the people that come to our church. And if you'd like to help, you can do that online at truenorthchurch.net slash give. Or you can do it with a text message. Just text the word TRUENORTH to 77977 on your cell phone and you'll get a prompt leading you through how to do that. Thanks again for dialing in. See you soon. Bye-bye.